something beautiful. Awesome. To God be the glory. Yeah, all of you watching online, Merry Christmas, including my sisters who are watching from London. You know, when your sisters join your church, that must be God. I'm telling you, because <laughs> a prophet has no honor except the, his own home. I mean, they're so regular, so consistent. And all those, my nieces and things in Nigeria, that always join us. And all our pastors in Congo, Nigeria, all over the world, Merry Christmas from us to all of you. Praise the Lord. Let's bow our heads to pray. Our Father, we just want to thank you for today as we rejoice for the gift, the greatest gift that you gave to mankind, your son Jesus. Lord, we thank you that uh, in your mercy, you handed us what we couldn't buy, demonstration of a love that we can't even understand. Lord, even as we share this morning, we trust you that you help us to have a more perfect relationship with Jesus through the revelation of your word. That Christmas to us is not celebrated like the world that we celebrate it in true spirit of revelation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so, um, today I'm going to talk about worship. Very briefly. About Christmas. Matthew 2, 11 says, when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and mare. It's not surprising that they could worship without a choir. There was no dancing, there was nothing. But the Holy Spirit recorded that they did worship. They worshipped him. You know, we celebrate Christmas and people waste their time arguing whether, whether they should celebrate Christmas or December 21st. Some people say, we don't celebrate it. It doesn't make you holier whether you celebrate it or not. But the good thing about it is because I was watching and I could see even in countries where Christianity is persecuted, they're doing Christmas display all over the world. And I listened to one news, YouTube something from Israel, and then the very, the, their soldiers were saying, Merry Christmas, and they know that they are, they are not kidding, you know, Merry Christmas on their television. And they say, how does anybody not see that this is advantageous to us Christians to bring awareness to the world? How does anybody not understand that? How, how difficult is it to understand that? that this is really, really displaying and letting the world be aware of our Lord Jesus Christ. Something that is free. If you pay for this kind of advertisement on Super Bowl Day, you pay billions of dollars. But this is free to us. And some people think, oh, I don't, if you don't celebrate Christmas, what else do you celebrate? We should celebrate it. And it's an opportunity for us to send cats, not cats that say happy holiday, the cars that say Merry Christmas. And by cars that can let people know why you are celebrating this thing. If people deny him, will you deny him too? So we are proud that we celebrate Christmas. We should celebrate Christmas. You know, it's something worthy of celebration. And whether it's December 25, January 1, whatever date, I, I could care less about it. The important thing is that Jesus was born. 
Can I hear amen? <clears throat> so, I will see that the first people that were aware of the birth of Jesus were this group of shepherds. Again, I want you to listen to me. When you read scriptures and hear someone, I want you to please let the Holy Spirit take you in between lines. All my life, I believed there were three shepherds. And you believe this. We call them three wives. The Bible didn't say there were three. Where that three came, I don't know. I believed it all my life. Three, three wives men that came from. The Bible didn't give the number. But we believe that because they give they t- gives you a three. There's no record in the scripture they were three. At all. But all my life, I've always believed they were three. Do you know a lot of things we believe that's not Bible? Just because it's tradition that we believe from people. And it hampers us, really affects us, hinders us. That's why we should read the Bible in between lines and let the Spirit of God reveal the truth therein to you. So these people that wise men, that, I mean, these uh, shepherds that uh, were just minding their business, and then they saw things that they never seen before, there was a revelation of Christ to them, a supernatural revelation, an angelic host. They never saw them before. And they began to tell them that something happened, that a child was born. And they told him this is the Savior, told them this is the Savior. So they gave these shepherds a revelation of who Christ is. In Luke chapter 2, verse 8, and they were in the same country Shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Did you see? Didn't say it does say shepherds <laughs> abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go. Let us now what? Go. But before now, they didn't know anything. There was no place to go. Then the angel told them something happened. And their response was, we need to respond. We need to go. Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord had made known unto us. So, secondly is that there was a star, a special star, that led them to the house. All of these things are supernatural act of God that led them to the place. The, you couldn't find a star in the constellation that will lead you to a particular house. It's not possible. Because even the distance, how can it lead you? This star must have been so close that they, they were able to see this star stand over the house. They said, that is the place. 
And I've had testimony of people who have been laid like that, not even a star by light. I've led them to a church, led them to a place where they should go. So a star led them in, in Matthew 2, he said, where is, where is he that was born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and came to worship him. So you see, <clears throat> what brought about their going and worshiping was the revelation of Jesus. Without revelation of Jesus, you don't have Christmas. Without the revelation of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you would think it's Santa. You would think it's business. A lot of companies, it's the time to cross from red to what? Black. That's why you have Black Friday. That's when they all their raid. Raid is debt. When they do so much business that they cross over and then cancel their debt. So, 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 so many people, it's about business. It's about commerce. Even governments, it's about commerce. To some other people, it's about, you know, uh, family gathering and things, which is fine. I've told my wife that their mother gave the children a bill. After eating Christmas, he handed them a bill of $200 each to pay. My wife said, really? I said, yeah, it happened in this country. So some people think different things about Christmas because they don't know Christ. And I want to tell you that there are people in churches who don't know Jesus yet. Or they don't know him. I'll tell you that if you know Christ, the one response is let's go. And the other response is worship him. The proof of knowing Jesus is worship. You worship him. So Christ can only be revealed to us supernaturally. You can't know him because you come and sit here. You can't know him because you read your Bible. You can know him because you want to. It starts from desire to know him. Because you want to. And then you can know him because the Holy Spirit reveals him to you. That you read Bible does not mean you know what you are reading. We read Bible in the intellect with our intelligence. And then how do you know? Because our character does not conform to what we read. You know, the God, God's knowing something is not that you quote it. God knowing it is that you are living it. That's when God says you know this. If you have a, a mechanic who's, who can quote everything about start fixing a car, but can't fix your car, he doesn't know anything yet. But when you live there, you tell people, that man doesn't know anything. So we have a supernatural revelation of Jesus Christ, but unfortunately, a lot of people think it's a mental exercise, and they struggle with faith. They struggle. And then, you know, they go up and down. There's no stability whatsoever. There's no stability, because they're always walking by sight. The knowledge of Christ will transform you from carnality to spirituality in a hurry. Change you. So in Matthew 16, 15, he said, Unto them, the tomb say ye that I am. And Simon Peter said, answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. 17 is a key place for us to see. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee that my Father which is in heaven. Nobody can reveal Jesus to you. I don't care how powerful that Simon is. Only the Holy Spirit can make sense of spiritual truth. Only him. 
only him. And so the light that leads us, that reveals Christ to us and leads us to Christ is the word of God that the Holy Spirit uses. In John 5, 39, say you search the scripture because you think they give you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. The entire Bible, the theme of the entire Bible from beginning to the end is Christ. Because God, God has no plan B, because God doesn't fail. His plan A, he doesn't, it's not like if I fail here, no, there's no plan B. Jesus is God's plan for you. If you are making another plan, it's not God. The entire Bible is about the salvation of mankind. Because that's God's heartbeat, that's God's major focus. Because he knew this thing would happen. He said, this work was finished before the foundation of the earth. You're going to fall, I know that, I made plans. This lamb was slain before, before the foundation of that. The entire Bible, from Genesis up about Israel, about their, their worship in the temple, the blood they did, everything is shadow of the real. Who is Christ? He said, it points to me. The scripture shows you, points you to me. The scripture doesn't point to you points you to him. Because when you know him, you worship him. When you know him, you trust him. When you trust him, he manifests his life through you. Everything comes through trust and faith. Because we were without strength. The Bible says in due time, Christ died for us. We, were, we still don't have strength. The Lord is still the strength of our life. He said, but the scriptures point to me, you, but you refuse to come to me to receive this life. You refuse. First John 1, we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, who we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes, touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. Bible talks about Jesus. He is the word of life. So we have to understand that the key thing as a Christian is to know Christ. That's why Paul spent his entire life in pursuit of that. That I might know him. He wrote the Corinthians and said, when I come among you, I don't want to know anything else except Christ and him crucified. He said, that's all I care. He said, it's my all and all. He said everything to me. He said, the reason I want to leave this earth is to be with him. He said, to die is gain. So I'm staying here just to do the work of Jesus. Otherwise, I want to. He loved Jesus so much. So much. To know him was his passion. To conform to his life was his passion. It's not just coming to church and going. He had goal. He said, I don't beat about the bush. I have a goal. I have a purpose. When I pray, I have a purpose. I have a primary purpose. I want to be like him. He said, I follow him. So we cannot know him other way. You know, somebody wanted to know him who didn't have the desire to know him. He had a different purpose. And people follow Jesus like Jesus said, they follow me because of bread and butter and things, you know, all this kind of stuff. And when they don't get it, they get angry. You know, I was talking to somebody, you can't believe this, who had tragedy. And he told me, he said, it's not in this country. 
It's outside. I was talking on the phone. He said, hey, he said, I was, the thing that happened to me, I felt ashamed, but I said, I'm no match. It's God. That, it's God's problem. It's God that caused it. It's God. It, let him carry everything. I said, what? Is that what you learned? Is that what they taught you? I said, no. God is holy, pure. Totally pure. There is nothing unclean in him. There's no shame near him. You are the one that didn't do what he told you. And that the way... And it wasn't longer, another thing happened to me. Because the way they were talking, the way they were talking, you should know that more will happen. Because already they're talking things that bring them trouble. Because of ignorance. So there's this person who said, I want to know Jesus too. But it will cause he didn't want to worship you. They want to know him for the purpose of worshiping him. His name is Herod. Matthew 2, 3. When Herod, the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and he was troubled, when he had the good news that the other shepherds had and were going, he was now troubled. When he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes and the, and the people together, he demanded when Christ should be born. And they said unto him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, and thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah. Remember, now they're reading Bible. They are reading Bible. But it's, it's, it makes no sense to this man. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus is written by the prophet, in Darbet to him in the land of Judah, at not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he privately called, when, when he, then Herod, when he had privately or privately called the wise men, inquired of them, diligently what time the star appeared and he said to them to them he sent them to Bethlehem and said go and search diligently for the young child and when you have found him bring him what bring me what again so I may go and worship him lies and God knows his heart he was not interested in worshiping Jesus could it be that we could find people in church who are not interested in really worshiping Jesus. Could it be? So the first record of worship in the entire Bible was Abraham. The first time we saw somebody really worship God was Abraham. Again, there was no choir, no music, nothing. Nothing. But the Holy Spirit said it. He worshiped. In Genesis 22, and he said, Take now thy son, thy only, thy only son. That God was emphasizing this. He didn't say take now thy son. God reminded him that this is thy only what? Are you gone home? That this is thy only son, Isaac, whom you love. Two, two, kings that, two things will get a man. Your only son, after old age, the only one, and you, why was God pointing that out? This is your priceless gift. This is the heart. This is your, the object of your love, Abraham. You don't have another like this one. And get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering 
upon one of the mountains which I will take thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, saddled his ass, took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went into the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, it took three days, he would have turned around. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and said, saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, abide here with the ass, abide here with the ass, listen to this, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship. He said, two of us, you can't follow us. You can't join. You don't know the God of Abraham. You don't know my God. You can't join. Stay here. This lad and I. And you see that he was, he was correct. You will see that he was absolutely correct. Both of them. I and the Lord will go yonder and worship and come again to you. So let's see how Abraham worshipped. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. Why didn't Isaac say, Daddy, this is too heavy for me? The boy carried it. This boy carried it. And laid it upon his son, and he took the fire in his hand and the knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spoke unto Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold the fire now. The wood, but where is the lamp for a burnt offering? He was the one you are going to kill. But he was sent to father, where is the lamp for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamp for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together now, and they came to the place which God has told them of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac. Isaac never struggled. He said, This boy can worship with me. You people can. As young as he is, he worshiped with me. He never he carried the wood. He never he never struggled with the father. Say, what are you doing? Brother, can we get the heart of worship? It's surrender. Abraham said, This boy can worship. You can't. Don't go. Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood and bound Isaac, his son, laid him on the altar upon the wood. Still no kicking, no sorrow, no struggling, no fighting. See, when Abraham said he can worship with me, he was speaking by the inspiration of God. God was saying only two of you can worship, these people can't. And Abraham stretched forth his hand, took the knife to slay his son, and the angel of the Lord called unto him, out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. I said, here I am. And he said, lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him, for now I know. You think God didn't know this way? <laughs> so you made your point now. I will never worship my maker. It's not like that. Worship is an act of bound before God and surrendering everything. If you are not doing that, everything you are doing is vain worship. And the reason you are not doing that is you don't know him as the Lord. Kiss closed. Worship is an act. Worship is not dancing. Worship is an act. 
You don't need music to worship. Worship is a life of, of continuous submission and bowing before God. That's worship. Now I know that that fear is God. God said, now I know you really honor me. So when you say, well, this, this your worship is from your heart. I see it is from your heart. Because God watches the heart. Seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son from me. God said, this is, this is real worship. You surrendered your best because I demanded it. A recognition of who I am. That is false worship. Matthew 2 7. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, so I've read that one. Look at Matthew 15 8. These people honor me with their what? Are you, are you here? Merry Christmas, everybody. These people honor me with what? Yeah. Abraham proved that his own is not leap. It's action. It's action. These people honor me with their lips, but their heart is what? Far. Abraham said, you can't go. Only these two of us can. You're not going. So Abraham surrendered his priceless gift to God. And Abraham bowed in sincerity. You know you can bow, but your heart is not. Look at worship in heaven. Worship in heaven, Revelation 14. The 24 elders fell down before him. That's worship. They, were, they simply fell down before him, bowing in surrender. That's worship. 24 elders fell down before him, who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the truth. There's always something to surrender. Always something to surrender. The hard crown, the cast it, the bow, the cast it. That's always something to give up, to surrender. Jesus said, if you want to, if you want to worship, worship in truth and what? Spirit. Let your heart, let it come from the heart. You know, the place we read about Abraham, Amplified said, said that, I know that you fear and revere the Lord. You have proved that your bowing to me is real and genuine. That's Amplified version. It's not fake and from the mouth only. Look at the disciples in Luke 4, 5, 4. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, We walked hard all night and didn't catch a thing, but if you say so, I will let the net down again. And this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boats. And soon, both boats were filled with fish. 
and on the verge of sinking, when Simon realized what has happened, he fell what? Come on, church. He fell what? If you come to know the lordship of Jesus, you have no, nobody will push you. Nobody will beg you because what you see, you so, you so amaze you who he is that you fall down. Read the entire Bible. Isaiah saw God and said, whoa, I'm undone. I've seen the glory of God. He said, I'm a man of unclean. Anytime a man has a revelation of the lordship of Jesus, his heart goes boom right there. Because it's beyond human imagination who he is. It's beyond human comprehension, the glory Jesus carried. Do you know people go to Israel, millions, if you go to Israel, you still sense the anointing of his walking around. Many years back, he stayed there. That place is so different from anywhere in the world. Ask anybody who has gone there. Everyone goes there and says there's something about it. Yes, because the Son of God walked there. His glory still lingers there. Thousands of years after he left. When Simon Peter realized what has happened, he realized that, well, this is the Lord. Everything bows to him. What am I waiting? He fell to his knee before Jesus and said, oh, Lord. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Oh, Lord, please leave me. I am too much of a sinner to be around you. I just had a revelation of who you are. You are too holy. You are too holy. You are the holiness of God. Zacchaeus had a glimpse into who he was. No salmon. Zacchaeus said, you are so holy. I need to start changing. I told you, when you know Christ, you change your life. It's not that that's no effort. Romans 12.1, beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous message when we see the grace of God in Christ? It astounds you. Paul could not stop loving Jesus because he, he saw the grace of God. He said, he said, of false sinners, I'm the worst. That I'll get this privilege and be where I am. He said, this is unbelievable. He loved Jesus with all his heart and followed Jesus every day. So, beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous message? To surrender yourself to God, to be his sacred living sacrifice, and live in holiness, experiencing all the delights, all that delights his heart, for this becomes your genuine expression of worship. This is worship. Genuine expression of worship. Genuine recognition of the Lordship of Jesus. Where is he that was born king? He was born king. He was born Lord. The shepherds came and bowed. This is king. He wasn't even a grown up child, but he was king. And why did God do that? Because that king is the shepherd of our soul. 
So the announcement came to shepherds. Why didn't they find a place for him? Because he didn't come to stay in hotels. He came to die as a lamp. So he was born where lamps are born. Everything about him signifying his death, everything, and his life, and what he came to be. Look at this church in Macedonia. Am I communicating to you? Huh? Yes. Worship is an act. Just like faith is an act. Without faith, you can't please God. Without faith, you can't worship. Because faith is a revelation. Faith is coming to know him and believe in what revelation you have about. It's not a mental thing. It's not emotional thing. It's not excitement, something. Praise is all that. But worship is an act. Even praise falls into this domain again. Really. Falls into this domain. Because it has to come from the heart. Then when you sing, you sing from your heart. When you worship, it's a result of really what you're saying is what you mean. This church is in Macedonia. Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles. It's not as if to say things are working fine for them. Many troubles. And they are very poor. But they are also filled with abundant joy, which have overflowed in their generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it with their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped for their first action, the first action of worshipers. First action was to give themselves to the Lord. First action. You know why the Pharisees couldn't worship him? Jesus said, you hear all these things, you refuse to come to him. They didn't believe it. So he said, you teach, you teach doctrines of men, you reject my word, because I'm not Lord over you. He said, your worship is vain. You have another Lord. But the scripture says, we can't serve two masters. No. Is that that Jesus says, Lord? Or it's not. Christmas is powerful. It's a time of, you, you have to raise a time of uh, uh, going through and thinking again. What does this time mean? What does this gift mean? What am I in my worship to the he was born king? Is there anything he wants me to surrender that I'm keeping? If I'm keeping it, why? Maybe I don't know him. Maybe I don't know him. 
think in heaven, they threw their crowns down. They threw it down. It's all yours. You know, I was saying here Thursday, I said, this scripture that you read is amazing. That Jesus, knowing that all things have been committed into his hand. I mean, think about it. The Bible says he took bowel and started washing the feet of I said, this is contrary to us. You get money, you get blessed, you, nobody can talk to you again. Everything committed into his hand. He bent down to wash their feet. He washed their feet with towel. At the moment he knew he had everything in his hand, was the moment he demonstrated depth, humility, surrender to God the Father. Complete, complete lowliness of spirit. The person through whom all things were made began to wash human people's, humans their feet. He had everything in his hand. But he honored the Father. He honored the Father. Let's bow our heads to pray. I want you to think, what is Christmas to you? Is there anything? Are you really, are we worshiping at this time? Because the first people who went there worshiped and gave up their priceless gifts holding back anger, you don't forgive people, they did this to you, they did that to you. They are not ready for Christmas yet. We're celebrating the king, he who was born king. We're celebrating the Lord over your life and over my life. Is it not time to reassess our worship of him? <laughs>